Hello, everybody. I'm Sam Wontok. Don't worry. I know last episode was scary. You were frightened. Change happened. Change is scary. But don't worry. Daddy's home. But I'm always joined oh. by my two co-hosts. Come on. It's, it's not meant to be like that. Unless you want it to be. I'm joined by Ethan Decker and Tyler Noctigal. Fellas, how are we doing? Good to have I'm you back, good. Sam. Just, uh, yeah, yeah, good to have you back. I uh, just started a uh, new job today. Went by pretty quickly. You know, it was a nice little gig we got going on. But uh, once again, good weekend of football, ready to talk ball. Yeah, no, it, I mean, it was great to watch. Decker, uh, how are you doing? Oh, I'm great. I, I, I'm good. Like I said, just glad to have you back. We We needed our... Emmy award-winning host back. Uh, well, thank you. I think I missed the first time you said that, but I'm glad yeah, that you... Not that I wasn't sufficient, so... No, I mean, yeah. I, I, Could you Ty, say it a third time? Tyler held uh-huh. in, Tyler filled in admirably. admirably. No, I... Uh, no, sorry, because I did listen to, to that episode, and Tyler, you, you did do a fantastic job filling in. I thought you did well. Under well, the unfamiliar well, circumstances. What was your What was your favorite part? What was your favorite part, man? Ooh, uh, let, me, let me think here. I mean, I liked the part. Um, I'm obviously I enjoyed your rant about the Broncos primetime games because because I feel exactly the, like the same way because I was very hashtag relatable on my end personally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but uh, I'm I'm I, I mean I like that. Uh, I can't remember exactly when it happened, but there was a part where you took a little snooze fest. You did like a little fake snore, and I thought that was pretty funny. So, <laughs> no, there were some good parts. There was there were some good parts. I mean, well, yeah. I mean, no Sam Juan talk, but as anyways. we'll as we'll discuss, we'll uh, we'll see just how wrong our predictions were from that episode. So. Oh yeah, those were the first two that I have queued up actually. Yeah. Uh, because <clears throat> because to get into it, uh, we have our week six reactions. Uh, looking back at this past weekend of football, and to start off, we have two games. So so I'll do one at a time, but I just want to uh, name them both to start. We have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers playing the Steelers, and the Forty ers playing the Falcons. And now these are two teams that we had lo- um, that we'd all locked for this week. We'd all locked the Tampa Bay Bucks beating the Steelers and the and the Niners beating the Falcons, and we all thought there is no way in heck that these teams win, and they both won. Uh, one was more convincing than 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 the other, but but the Steelers still won. They won twenty to eighteen. Decker, why don't you start us off with this one? Uh, what was how do you think such a surprising thing occurred? What what was the game changer in this uh, game? Well, the Steelers did a good job of pressuring Brady for the most part. And, man, I was so shocked at this. I mean, I did not see this happening at all because I was for sure the Steelers would be going into their bye 1-7. But, granted the Steelers, they came in, pressured Brady pretty good, and... While Pickett was in there, Pickett did some good things. But I think the big storyline from this is when Pickett went out with that concussion, Mitch Trubisky came in, and I think it was he went 8-for-12 with 144 and a touchdown and really made some key throws to put that game away for them. So I'm sure Kenny Pickett will go back to the starting gig, but, man, Trubisky played good. And Buck's offense just looks awful. I mean, like Brady said today, it's not a good game when you have more F-bombs than touchdowns. And Brady was visibly upset with his old lineman in this game. And their offense, you know, that can't, like, for example, that Kansas City game, they looked great. And that, and for like three quarters last week against Atlanta, they looked great. But then the fourth quarter stalled out and it really carried over to this game. And they just could not do enough to beat what I thought was a lifeless Steelers team. So I, I was very shocked. Yeah, I, I, I was incredibly shocked too. I thought, because even towards the end, it was close. Um, close throughout the whole game, and the whole time, just yet, just till the end, I was saying to myself, "Oh, the, oh, the Bucks, they're going to win in the last minute," and and that just never really seemed to happen, which which was definitely surprising. Uh, 
I don't think it really helps either that it seems like like Brady's really taking a step back from 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 kind of being involved. I, th- I think it was Wednesday he took that day off and then he was gone Friday for Craft's uh, wedding, yeah. which of course that's not going to be every week, but you can't expect great results if you're going to be that absent and you're the starting quarterback of your team. I, I mean, it's it's not right to chastise people like he's doing if you're not going to be putting the work in, in as well. Granted, he's Brady, but yeah, I think it's got to show. I'd have to disagree with you there, Sam. I mean, he's like any guy. Like, in any profession, if you've been doing it for 20-plus years, like, no matter the amount of time, like, prep you have during the week, like, you're good. He was ready for that game. Who wasn't was the offensive line, and they were really letting him down. I mean, like, you, you've seen the videos of him yelling at his team or his offensive lineman, and it's like, uh-oh, Brady's angry. He's about to torch your defense, but no, his offensive line just kept playing horribly, and, like, that's where it really comes down to because, I mean, Brady – He's so limited with his mobility that if he gets pressured, he needs to get the ball out quick, but no one's open, like, immediately after the ball is snapped. So he's got to go to his checkdowns, and, you know, it's easy to defend against checkdowns. So uh, that's really why the the this Bucks offense struggled this week, and, you know, that's just credit to the, defen- or to the defensive front of the Steelers getting pressure so, so easily. Yeah, it's definitely also a factor as well. Uh, uh, I mean, I I definitely think it is a little uh, s- still slightly both, but I definitely see what you're saying about the O line as well because they did not play well at all. And what do you? Uh, what, I mean, like, what do you expect to? And literally, like their entire interior interior O line is has never played in ex- like in meaningful games in, mm-hmm. in like a, in a multiple week stretch like this. So yeah, it's also a good that. That's a good point as well. It's just, a, I'm I'm I mean, a really banged up unit doesn't help. So hopefully, uh, crap, they all are on season-ending injuries, right? I think, like the entire interior or Jensen. Well, yes, I mean, pretty much. Yeah, I, I'm. Yeah, I mean, Kappa just left. Kappa left over the offseason. Mm-hmm. Marpet retired, so. Yeah, isn't Shaq yeah. Mason Shaq, interior? I guess Shaq Mason. Or is he a tackle? Shaq Mason. No, he's he's right guard. Or maybe he's. Oh, okay. But I mean, even Tristan Wirfs hasn't really been like playing what he's used to lately. So when your all pro young right tackle isn't playing up to snuff, you know, a, with a bad offensive line, it's not a recipe for success. No, I'm 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 I mean, as we've seen from a lot of teams this week. Uh, Good, uh, good O line play is essential to 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 win games, and so so when you when you don't have it, it's incredibly tough to win. Obviously, so uh, but that goes for almost every position in the league. So that's definitely some, some something to look out for. And then to move on, we have the Forty ers and the Falcons. Uh, this was a slightly more convincing win by the Falcons than. They won 28-14. to Mariota finished with an incredibly impressive stat line, going 13-14 of on passes with 179 total yards and three total touchdowns. I think, I, I think the Falcons ran the ball like a combined 35 times. It just really ate the clock up, and they give Niners a lot of time to, to really do stuff with the ball. Uh, Tyler, do you have any thoughts on this game you'd like to expand upon? Yeah, I mean... We might see a game where the Falcons won by, you know, two touchdowns here. Marcus Mariota played a fantastic game. You know, props to him. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo, man, he's just not the game manager that I remember. Like, he's just not stepping into that role that he was once able to fill. Um, So it's very concerning to see him throw, like, even two picks against a pretty bad Falcons defense. But... Um, if I'm the 49ers, I'm I'm not worried about this game. They had a lot of defensive starters hurt. I mean, mm-hmm. half their secondary, Joey Bosa, 
or sorry, excuse me, Nick Bosa. It's like, you know, if if they were not injured, like a fully healthy 49ers defense, and they lost this this badly, then yeah, I'd be nervous. But I think a fully healthy 49ers defense is the best defense in the NFL. So uh, it just kind of goes to show you how important those players are to the success of that team. Yeah, there was an important stat that I grabbed. Uh, I think it was that 11 of 22 starters are currently injured for the 49ers. Of course, yeah. that is half if you're good at math. Um, Whoa! Yeah, I know. Big, big brain over here. Uh, which, I don't know if that includes Trey Lance or not, which, of course, maybe I'd Trey assume Lance it does. Be better. It, I'd it assume. probably does. Yeah, and, you know, of course, their offensive line has seen some players go down, too, so... I mean, yeah. just injury bug has hit them, and three and three is definitely not where I saw them uh, by week yeah. six. I definitely thought they'd be a little bit more dominant than this, but man, that's just what injuries do to a team sometimes. Yeah, uh, Decker, anything to add? Yeah, I'm glad you brought up there at the end about the injuries because you mentioned the entire team, but I saw the fact it was of the eleven starters on defense for the 49ers, only two of them have been healthy all year, and the other nine have been have, have missed either a couple games or, yeah. or one at least. So. Glad you brought that up, and then, I mean, like you, like you said, Tyler, the 49ers at 3-3 three and three we didn't see, and the Falcons being 3-3 three and three right now, and tied for first with Tampa in that division, we did not yeah. see through six weeks. But uh, this game overall, um, 49ers, I mean, got completely shut down on the run. They had no run game whatsoever, and for the 49ers to have, have, be successful in those games, you got to have the mix in there. you got to be able to run and, and throw, and to have Jimmy G try to carry you through this entire game just – on his arm was not a was not a recipe for success and the Falcons did a good job just shutting down Wilson uh Tevin Coleman they didn't even try to run the ball though that's the thing they yeah. only ran the ball seven times with Wilson and they were down for most of the game yeah. so that explains why but yeah, yeah they kind of had to yeah it just kind of goes to show you that they're not really capable of playing from like big deficits like we saw it like uh, a couple weeks ago I think with, uh, was it the 49ers again? Uh, I forget what team just looked really bad trying to come from behind. It might have been the 49ers. Right. But. Yeah, well, didn't they play the Broncos? Yeah. I mean, they were really behind yeah. in that game because yeah. it was like 11 yeah. to 10. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was a yeah. I, don't, I don't know. Yeah. Deck, are you, if you're a Niners fan, are you nervous about the team's future minus the injuries? I think if you can get everybody, it's it's gonna be tough to get everybody fully healthy. I'm not too nervous, but if, if it continues yeah, like it, am I. if it continues like it is with the I mean, because we saw with the Ravens last year that injury bug didn't let up for them all year, and then they ended mm-hmm. up missing the playoffs. So if it continues like this for the 49ers, I think I'd be starting to get worried. But I mean, if yeah. you can get both that back and and everybody slowly coming back, like Trent Williams will end up coming back, and if those guys can stay healthy, I'm I'm. Yeah. I still think they. they I, sneak I definitely do think a healthy a healthy 49ers team is probably a top five team in the league. Yeah, but, but this I, is kind of part of the issue of the whole thing is that they're almost never healthy. Is kind of is the problem. Seems like they yeah. always have this injury problem. So, I think it's always going to kind of hold them back. Maybe they'll be healthy, call like playoffs, and they'll be playing like on the road most of the time, and right. then they can make a deep run like they usually do. Yeah, uh, I could see but, it. Yeah, so I would say that it's only worrisome because it happens a lot. But right. I, I, th- I think outside of that, I would, I would be worried, especially if they're healthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now to move on, we have the New England Patriots versus the Cleveland Browns. Uh, this was a game that I think we had all thought would be one on the ground, just two juggernauts going up against each other, pounding the rock, and then. Uh, I was just kind of one team did well and the other didn't. It was a 38-15 to 15 win for New England. Uh, Mr. Belichick starting to come back to form. Uh, mm-hmm. Two great defensive schemes uh, drawn up. And, uh, yeah, Decker, what is your prognosis from this game? Yeah, I mean, like, Tyler locked them for a reason. He, we, we, like we talked about in the last episode, it was we all predicted the Patriots. We predicted that Belichick would outcoach Stefanski, and that the run game would end up winning this game for uh, for the Patriots. And Ramondre Stevenson, outside of 
you know, the 30, what was that, the 37-yard run he, he took to the house. You know, yep. I think he only had, like, 40, I don't know, 40, yeah, 40 something rushing around there. yards yeah. after that. But two touchdowns for him. And Bailey Zappi, who Hell of a enough, game. did enough to win this game. Yeah. He was he was good. Did enough. He did all of it, in my opinion. I mean, like, yeah. He, yeah, he, like, these, sorry, sorry to cut you off, but, like, Bailey Zappi coming in as a third stringer, just lighting up the Browns the way he did. The yeah. Browns' defense, skill-wise, like, they have maybe, like, one of the worst defenses in the league. Yeah. Like, they have so many gaping holes on that defense. Outside, of course, you know, the Jada- – well, even Jadavian can be a little bit. Yeah. But outside of, like, Miles Garrett and um, uh, – Ward, who, you know, they paid up the butt for. The secondary is supposed to be what's carrying them, and it's just, it's really not. It's kind of what's failing them. So, and Bailey Zappi was able to dot them up. So, this this Browns defense is, like, atrocious right now, very yeah. clearly. So, mm-hmm. sorry to cut you off like that. Yeah, but no, Bailey Zappi threw for 309 with two touchdowns. Spread the ball to everyone. I mean, Jacoby Myers, yep. Devontae Parker, Hunter Henry got a big touchdown. But I think the biggest thing, too, on defense was they put they did their great job defensive-wise, and the biggest key was shutting down Nick Chubb, who only went for 12 for 56 on the ground. So you yep. eliminate Nick Chubb, you eliminate pretty much everything else. And, and I sure, mean, Amari Cooper was had a good game, but still. Yeah, it's, it's another team that just isn't capable of playing from behind, you know? No. It's they they... they put in so much for this run game that like like Nick Chubb isn't a good catcher of the ball. So you eliminated Nick Chubb from that game, who's debatedly the best offensive player they have. And um and it, you know, comes to <laughs> Jacoby Brissett trying to be a game manager and, you know, he targeted Amari Cooper twelve times but only completed four like yards like let's see what it, yards per target like 3.7 that's horrible Ooh, yeah. that's really bad so that, no. i mean as, as much as i don't want to see it obviously i the only way that this browns team is going to look good is with deshaun watson uh if he plays like he did um mm-hmm. before but yeah, I think uh, uh, we'll we'll talk about this too a little bit later. But like the back, this like whole backup, like oh, you should start your backups more than or like over your starter or your hurt starter if they're winning. Like Bailey Zappi had a good game. Yes, is Mac Jones gonna start the next game? Yes. Should he start the next game? Yes. Is Mac Jones the better football player? Yes. Like, like Bailey Zappi was a third stringer for a reason. Like, this, you know. So, I, I don't want people to think, like, oh, you put up 309 yards. He's so good. You know, sit Mac Jones. Like, you, you just don't do that. Sorry. Yeah, the, there is a perfect example of this from just last season where it was, I'm pretty sure the legend himself, Mike White, put up 405 mm-hmm, yeah. yards. And guess what? We haven't heard shit about Mike White since. Yeah. And that just shows that it can happen, but it doesn't really mean much unless, you know, because the coaches are going to see what they see. We see them uh, because, because, because coaches see them more than you see the QBs. So they know what Correct. they're doing. Yep. Uh, and now to move on, we have what many would have probably thought would be a very boring game uh was actually quite exciting. I was the Indianapolis Colts versus the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, this game uh, finished th- finished at a thirty-four to twenty-seven with with a Colts win off an off a deep bomb to Alec Pierce, uh, who was sitting comfortably on my bench. Uh, <laughs> and anyways, uh, this was quite an interesting game because. Because I didn't see anything about this until I was reading a bit more, but the Colts had changed their offensive lineup on the line, and they moved Dennis Kelly to tackle and then Matt Pryor to guard, and they didn't allow a single sack that game. 
which okay. I thought was kind of surprising, especially for a team that's allowed so many sacks this year. Uh, would we say that the Colts might be back on track, or do we think that this is just Jacksonville going down a deep, deep decline? Um, honestly, don't know. Like, I think I would have to see this Colts team play, or this Colts offensive line uh, play, I guess, a similar game. Uh, because, like, oh, man, it's it feels like the, the Jaguars just kind of were little bit of an imposter at the beginning of the year and are start starting to show their true colors now i mean unfortunately i kind of hoped that they were the real deal this year playoff team but you can't like i don't ah, man i just don't know that that's tough colts, I know. that colts offensive line is just so bad no matter where you move those guys like quinton nelson is like should no longer be anywhere near the conversation for best guard in the league he's he's been you know He's been good, just not to the caliber he's been playing the past couple years. So, I don't know. Both these offenses confuse me. Both these defenses confuse me. One week they're good, one week they're bad. Both of them seed mediocre this week. But I will say both quarterbacks put up pretty pretty good numbers. Um, I was a little surprised, though. Trevor Lawrence, 20 for 22, 165 yards. Like, You'd think he'd put on a few more yards than that with 20 completions. So it, it kind of just goes to show you, I think Trevor Lawrence might be a little afraid to push the ball down the field. But, I mean, he's got such fantastic playmakers in those two running backs where I would feel confident dropping or dumping it off to them. So Yeah, I do um, think that ETN finished with a, with a fair amount of catches, so that might yeah. be where the issue came in. With yeah, him, and, so. you, you know, if I'm Doug Peterson, I'm looking to get both of those running backs engaged in this in this offense because they're, they're playmakers, so, you know, so be it with, with uh, the dump-offs. But four sacks, you, you just you can't take four sacks. Trevor, you just got to get gotta get rid of the ball. And, yeah, uh, Matt Ryan actually had a pretty decent game. Threw the ball yeah. almost 60 times, surprisingly, so. Yeah, I, I, I'm sure Matt Ryan felt it the next morning, but yeah, yeah, it's looking like now if you give Matt Ryan time, he might be back on track, but that's just something that might not be there consistently. Uh, Decker, your thoughts on this game? Yeah, I agree. It's it's. I was on the Jags bandwagon through three weeks. I was really loving what they were doing on both sides of the ball, and now it's the defense is really falling off. Offense kind of had a little bounce back game here, but. Defense couldn't do enough. And for the Colts, it's, again, like, the Denver game. Obviously, the Thursday night game. Offense looked like shit. You know, no no JT, no Hines went out in that game. Dane, or Deion Jackson looked good. And then Deion Jackson carried it over this week, too. But little offense in that game. And then this game, they put up big offensive numbers, but their defense struggles again. So I'd like to see the Colts put it together on both sides before I can say I'm fully back with them. It's, it's nice that they've won two in a row now. And... You know, it's starting to look like you know, what we predicted before the year, where they could be the division winners. But I don't know. I want to see. I want to see more consistency on both sides of the ball before I fully say I'm, I'm back on with the Colts. So, yeah. Yeah, it's definitely one of the most inconsistent divisions so far. Just no one looks like a clear. No, it's clear winner. I think whoever get whoever comes out the winner in that division will will safe to say will be bounced quickly once they get in. So yeah. First round exit. It's going to be like the NFC East the past couple of years, yeah. for sure. Um, uh, and now moving on, we have, I think, uh, a game that terrified me, to be honest. Uh, Vikings versus the Dolphins. Uh, I remember, uh, because I'd locked the Vikings to win, um, um, and I'd said, if the Vikings lose to a third-string QB, I will be incredibly upset. And luckily, if we did lose, it would have been a second-string QB, so I could hang my hat on that. Uh, but uh, So I'm going to start, because this is the only game that I actually really watched due to my family obligations this past weekend. Uh, I, I, I mean, the Vikings offense, I don't know why, but, like, how are there still so many three-and-outs? I know why. We, why? 
Vikings can't play against man defense. Like, literally nobody else besides Justin Jefferson can get open. Like, I'm sorry. Yes, Thielen has had good years. He's not a separator anymore. He can't separate against man. K.J. Osborne also can't separate against man. And most of the times, uh, Justin Jefferson has clamps on him. Or, not clamps. He's in double coverage. So, and not to mention Kirk Cousins is throwing the ball. So, yeah, and, you know, this, I the Dolphins' defense, um, like, through the first couple weeks, had their defensive line had the best, I don't know what the stat's called, but they had the most, like, yards covered, like, going in the opposite direction of the uh, line of scrimmage. So they were pushing the offensive line backwards, pretty much. Um, and that pretty much shut down the run game, except for that big run at the end. Uh, yeah. For Delvin, um, and yeah, it's Dolphins run a lot of man, and they have a good front seven that can stop the run, and that's why this, that's why the Vikings' offense really seemed to struggle, because, like like I just said, a good penetrating defensive line against, in my opinion, a fairly mediocre, less than mediocre Vikings offensive line. And then just bum wide receivers outside of Jefferson that can't get open against man. There was a part of me that's crying that you called Thielen a bum, but you know, like dude, dude, hey, dude knows how to sit in the zone. Good for him, but (laughs) he can't he can't separate worth the shit anymore. Yeah, no, he is thirty three, so it's definitely expected to happen pretty soon. Uh, And then, like another thing that I did notice is that uh, I mean. I definitely think that Tua is a good quarterback. Uh, but just watching, like, Thompson make these throws to his wide-open receivers, I, I mean, like, because cause, like, Tua's got it pretty easy, let's be, let's, let's be honest. Nothing wrong with having it easy. But, like, I mean, there, there were just so many, like, wide-open receivers in this zone, which I feel like it was just because we were trying to stop the big play. And sure, uh, like, cause like, once it got down down to like the red zone, they couldn't really get past it because 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 there's not much room to work with. But uh, so yeah, it was kind of tough, tough, tough to watch all those yards being gained. But but they managed to clamp down when it mattered, and the Vikings still managed to win. I did appreciate that a lot. Well, uh, I mean, come on, man, you're going up against Teddy, like. Teddy, he's a decent backup. Like, yes, the wide receivers are good. Like, very, very good. They got a lot of cushion. Yes, Teddy was able to, you know, hit them where he needed to. But I think that the Dolphins, like, if I'm a Dolphins fan sitting at 3-3, three and three, right, and the – and Tua comes back, what, this sun or this Thursday – yeah, he's supposed to come back, yeah. They could go on a run here, man. I think, like, while Tua obviously isn't the best quarterback in the league, he doesn't throw two picks against the Vikings, in my opinion. You know, he's he's good enough to the point where he can get the ball to the wide receivers and not turn the ball over, I think, where I think that the Dolphins could really go on a run here. So, and, you know... Their defense showed that it can it can play against good offenses, right? It had a little bit of a bad week last week, obviously against the Jets, but I mean, I if if I'm f- facing the Dolphins in the next you know couple weeks and rest of the season, actually, I I'd, I'd be very nervous. No, I I, I mean I agree a hundred percent because because sure like uh, two of the most standards. Might not be the best. He's definitely better than both Teddy and Skylar Thompson for sure. So yeah, that upgrade will definitely help a lot. Decker, anything to add? I'll start with the Vikings. Um, just to sum it up, do I care that we went nine nine times with three and outs? No. Do I care that we gave up four hundred ninety eight yards of offense? No. Winning is winning, and winning is ugly sometimes. Five and one is five and one. I'll take it. You know. Defense, 26 pressures in this game. 10 pressures alone for Zedarius. 
I I don't know. I all I care is we won. You know, sure it wasn't pretty at times, but that's where the that's where the good teams separate from others, and it's not it's not going to be great games every time. So, um, but Dolphins, yeah, Tua comes back and can and can play like he was at the beginning of the year. Yeah, they're going to be dangerous, but health is health, and and I don't know. I'm I'm I'm, I'm still worried about that guy going on the football field. So we'll see. We'll have to see what happens. Okay. Yeah. You're five and one against like the worst Packers team in recent history. You're five and one against a Lions team that I like can't defend for shit. You're five and one against a uh, Andy Dalton led Saints team. You're five and one against the Bears. You're five and one against a Tua list Dolphins. Like I'm sorry, Decker. I would be nervous as a Vikings fan. Yes, five and one is five and one. They're not capable of winning the important games quite yet. I'm afraid, and you know, week two might have shown the true colors for the Vikings. And you know, you're all I'm saying is Vikings fans, don't get your hopes up because you might when you face a real team come playoffs. It's going to get ugly. I don't think and we've ever said once that we're going to make a deep playoff run. Why are you putting words in our mouth? I'm, I'm, I, I don't think you will make a deep playoff run. I, no, I never said you said that. But I'm saying if just don't get your hope. Like Deck saying 5-1 and one is 5-1. and one. Yeah, you're right. Against five pretty bad, me, like mediocre at best teams. And the one loss came against arguably the best team in the leagues but still it wasn't a very competitive game so i would be nervous if i was a vikings fan that's all i'm saying yeah no it's definitely i mean from from my perspective it's definitely concerning that most of these games are incredibly close no matter who we play but i think an important thing to uh, to, to really keep in mind is that Last year, all of these one-possession games are usually ones that we would lose. And now all these one-possession games are games that we are winning. So I definitely appreciate that. Yeah, that adds so up far. to nothing in the playoffs, though. Like, y'all are y'all constantly clown me about how the Packers lose in the NFC Championship. Like, it doesn't matter unless you make the Super Bowl. Like, oh, yeah, they're winning the close game. Okay, they still look like shit. <laughs> you know, it's... This this reminds me of like the oh shit what year was I forget the Packers looked like the worst thirteen and three team like ever to exist yet and then we like you know lost in like second round of the playoffs of course so you know it's it, we're going off I am going off on a, on a yes, tangent here but. Kirk Cousins is so inefficient with the ball. He's, like, more inefficient than... Uh, he was more inefficient with the ball than Justin Fields was that game. Like, you would think in a, like, ty- or, uh, like uh, Sean McVay offense that he would be, you know, be able to be, like, at least efficient with the ball. He's not, right? And he's got, you know, good skill players, skill positions. They can't get the run going. Their defense is soft as shit. So, uh... You know, maybe this is the me as like a Packer fan realizing that our dynasty is over, which we'll talk talk about in a second. But you know, it's I don't like. Yes, you'll win the North. Beyond that, good luck. The rest doesn't matter. From what I've been told by you Vikings fans for the past five years now, unless you make the big game, it doesn't matter. So have fun with your five and one start. Yeah, I was going to say, you chose a bad episode to talk shit when you lost to a team run by a man that only completed 10 Oh, passes. lost to a team with a, with a, with a uh, winning record, bitch? <laughs> well, a team led by Zach Milfson, yeah. who only attempted to throw the ball 18 times. Yes, I... a yes. little over 50% uh, of his passes. He, he didn't... Are we, are we going to talk about this game now? Can I talk about this game? Yeah, yeah sure, okay. we'll talk about it, yeah. Packers dynasty over. It's gone. Okay. Rogers retiring at the end of the season. Offensive line bumps. Royce Newman. Royce Newman. Just get on your hands and knees. Just dive at some knees, man. Like, 
dive at the opposing player's knees. That's all you got to do, right? But he was getting his ass ate by Quinn and Williams all fucking game. And it the inability, like, Matt LaFleur has really, really set some doubts in my mind that he can coach an effective offense. And the play calling has become stale. We're not getting the balls to the guys we said we would get the ball to who are our playmakers, and that's Jones and Dylan, right? Those guys need to be touching the ball a lot more, especially Jones, especially Jones, right? Our front office is a absolute... He's an idiot, okay? Wait, like... Ugh. Okay, I'm just going to settle down a little bit. The Jets, I will say... Before you clown on us for losing to the Jets, Jets are a good team, okay? Jets are a good team. I will give them that. We did not lose to a bad Jets team. I think that it's because it's the Jets and it's the name Jets is why people see this as like a much bigger loss than it was. It was basically two players that won this game for the Jets. It was Sauce Gardner, and it was Quinn and Williams. Actually, I'll give it to the whole defensive line. And I'll also say uh, Packers not having a wide receiver. So it's just Packers have such a good defense. Such a good defense. But when you can't keep them off the field, then they're going to play bad like any defense would. Yeah, that's fair. So... Unless Gudenkinst can find a wide receiver that isn't equivalent to a wide receiver three, which is what our wide receiver room is full of, then we're not going to be able to move the ball. We're the same as the Vikings. Jets put us in clamps because they went into man coverage. No one can separate. No one can separate. Like, it's just, it, it. you can't win games when you can't, you know, get obviously you can't win games when you can't throw the ball. And so, you know, Rodgers is starting to look like a bum, of course, you know. And it's like partially he's, you know, he admitted it himself. He's got to play better. And he's, he has to. This is like the first year I've seen him miss throws that I never imagined him missing. So, uh, genuinely nervous on that front. But, I, I still think that this Packers defense can really play at a high elite level. They just got to spend less time on the field, and that's just straight up. Yes, we're still having trouble defending the run game, but if this, if if we got teams into more neutral game scripts, they wouldn't be running the ball as much. So it's just, it's just infuriating, man. Like, obviously, props to the Jets. Zach Milfson, still a horrible QB. Like, he yeah. threw a pass, pass, one pass, pass, pass 10 yards, and it was an absolute duck. And it, like, the wide receiver had to make a complete stop and come back on the ball and work through the cornerback. So, uh, don't think that this was a good game by Zach Wilson, like, at all. So, no. Uh, but, you know, props to. Salah's defense because they played phenomenal, right? So, yeah. Uh, can we just not talk about this game anymore? The baby. Yeah, jets. no. I was. Yeah, no, I was just gonna say that the one question prompt I wrote down was, "Do we start to worry about the Packers?" And it, I, I think that you did an apt uh, job describing. You know, I, even though I said all that, and I might like. Obviously, I'm, like, worried, but I'm not to the point where, like, I guess I'm not to the point where I sound I am. I would say, like, on a scale of 1 to 10, I'm, like, a 5. It's not, like, immediately, like, you know. I still think, like I said, this defense is good enough good enough that it can win us some games this year. So, I'll just, and it has already. So, I'll, I'm, yeah, I'll just, I'm at, yeah. like, a 5 out of 10. Okay. Well, to move on, we have the Giants versus the Ravens. Uh, 
perhaps if there is a franchise that might start worrying, that is the Ravens. Uh, I mean, I don't know when they got into cahoots with the Falcons and learned the master art of choking, but this team has been uh, really not doing a good job in the third and fourth quarter. Uh, this one was almost entirely on Lamar, some would say. Yeah. I think it was the last two drives. He had a fumble and a pick, and that last throw was a terrible decision, probably the worst he's made in a long time, if not ever. Uh, so I I guess I'll prompt you guys. Uh, so are we worried about the Ravens slash Lamar slash Lamar's future in Baltimore? People, it's definitely a slight overreaction. We talk about this right now, but but people are saying, oh, Lamar's going to leave Baltimore, stuff like that. Do we see, is there concerns? Um, I'll, I'll, I'll talk about this first real quick, Dak. Um, I think Lamar stays in Baltimore. I think this game clearly knocks him out of MVP, any MVP talks, like, mm-hmm. so far right now. Um, pretty much two, like, Josh Allen and Mahomes have pretty much run away with it so far. And, you know, Lamar, if it wasn't for the lack of weapons, then I would say yes. Like, Lamar is the problem here. But, you know, Devin Duvernay was his best wide receiver. Mm -hmm. And he's still returning kicks. Like, when you're a good wide receiver, you don't return kicks anymore. Okay, that's just how it is. They find someone else to do it. So, uh, yeah, I I mean, Mark Andrews is, you know, phenomenal tight end. top, Top three tight end in the league, but... It's it's one guy up the middle pretty much every single time. You got to have some out, outside threats and yeah. I the props to the Giants again. You know this like they might be the real deal. Dable might be just the QB whisperer, but um, Lamar just with some silly silly mistakes at the end. So yeah, I would if it wasn't for the lack of weapons, I would put this all on Lamar. Yeah, I think I would say say the exact same thing, but don't worry. Don't 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 worry. The Ravens signed Deshaun Jackson. All our worries are gone. Yeah, that thirty-five-year-old is going to get one seventy-five-yard touchdown and be gone. I mean, I'd be surprised there. if I'd be surprised if Deshaun Jackson is like faster than like any wide receiver on the on the Ravens right now. Like he's not faster than Duvernay, and Duvernay's already playing like. He's playing all the reps, you know, and he's probably not faster than, uh, shoot, what's his name? Well, uh, well, really Bateman. any, no, one of their other outside guys, but well, yeah, Bateman too, yeah. So, I, yeah. I, I just don't see the value in this in this pickup, to be honest with you. No, that kind of confused me too, to be honest. Uh, Deck, anything to add to this to yeah. this discussion? Yeah, Dable, coach of your favor right now. I yep. think that has easily, easily, yeah. Um, yep. Ravens, I'm worried about. They Bateman is having injury problems the last couple of weeks. Ryan Stanley's had injury problems all year. Can't seem to stay healthy. And I don't care that Kenyon Drake had a good game. He has at least one every year, and then just falls down to earth and is non-existent again. And outside of him at running back, J.K. Dobbins is, is struggling. To what stay is healthy. happening? What is happening with him? He's. I think there was an injury concern. I think, perhaps, yeah, I think he got. Was... A di- I think this was a different injury this time. I think this was like a hamstring this time for Dobbins. Uh, and then when when Gus Edwards come back, comes back, I mean, how is he going to be? So, and like we touched on, we just Ravens have no outside of Andrews. Lamar has no reliable target, and and he's just these past couple weeks has just been off compared to what we've those first three weeks. And for the Giants. Saquon is still doing Saquon things. He's staying healthy at least, which is good to see. Mm-hmm. And he's finding the end zone every week at a uh, reliably and and that defense. I, I mean, Kayvon Thibodeau with a nice play on Lamar to to have that strip sack, which I like seeing. That Giants defense overall, it's the mood, especially with Dable in there, is just so much different. It's, it's actually kind of nice to see the Giants just play loose and just like camaraderie. Yeah, seems, I agree. Seems so good right now, and, and Dable's and doing great things. I I, I do want to say, you know. 
if linemen got the same kind of praise that other positions do, Andrew Thomas might be an MVP candidate. Like, when everyone else on that offensive line is a complete bum, yet they're still able to run the ball, whether that's, you know, with uh, because of Saquon, and, you know, they're still, like, able to make Daniel Jones, give, give time, enough time to Daniel Jones for him to, you know, look decent, you know. I think that all comes down to the anchor and Andrew Thomas. Yeah. So I, I think, like, big, big praise to him. Like, highest-rated tackle. He might be the highest-rated player in the league right now. I'm not too sure yeah, about yeah. that. But he's, no, I don't know about highest and, player, yeah. But Sorry. Yeah, he's, he's played phenomenal, a phenomenal year so far. He's had a phenomenal year. And is Daniel Bellinger something? Maybe. <laughs> Dan, Danny Dimes is loving <laughs> some, some Bellinger right now, the rookie, but... Actually, both were. I, I, I will, I will right. say, you know, like, as, as shifty as I thought Tooney was, or Tony, I will say Tooney. Uh, Wandale. Wandale. Uh, Robinson. Oh, what's his? Robinson. Looks he, he looks pretty good. Yeah, he looks pretty good, too. Very yeah, shifty. Is he the leading receiver right now? I think that's... Uh, no, I think that's Richie still, isn't it? Oh, Sorry. yeah, Richie. Because uh, I, I saw Richie. a stat where it was um, like their leading receiver has 184 yards or something. Yeah, and I thought that was that, well, that was kind of interesting. They have not had their luck at wide receiver, but whatever. No. Yeah. See that that's the thing, you know, like Daniel Jones is able to put together a good game with you know Uber Eats drivers at wide receiver. Yet Aaron Rodgers is struggling with like I would say like a pretty similar in skill wide receiver crew, and I think it comes down to the offensive scheme. That's why I'm genuinely nervous about Lafleur. Like, just, eh, you know, props to Davil. I think he's got this, like, this giant ship just absolutely moving right now. So, sorry, I, I did not mean to bring it back to the Packers, but it's just, no. like, it's a point that needs to be made. Like, Daniel Jones is looking better than Aaron Rodgers. And, you know, partly it's the wide receivers, but it feels like it's a lot of the scheme too so yeah, yeah. You know, I, I definitely think a part of it might have been that Lafleur was too comfortable having Devontae Adams who you know it's like oh just throw it to him he's probably open you know so something like that so it's definitely an adjusting period uh, but then to move on we have uh, Seattle versus Arizona uh Sorry, Matthew, but this game wasn't a tie. It was nineteen to nine, uh, with 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 the Seahawks winning. I think a game that a lot of people would have thought would have been won off the uh, arm of Geno was was actually won through a very good defensive game by Seattle. Yeah. Uh, I'm blanking on the guy's name, uh, but but he had his like fourth pick in four games. Uh, Tariq Woolen was it? Yeah, yeah. Woolen, Woolen. Yeah, Tariq Woolen. Yeah, no, he. I, yeah, that that whole CL defense played really well. Uh, Woolen didn't have a pick, did he? I thought he did. Oh yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. Yeah, you're right. Okay. Right, he did. Yeah. Um. Yeah, Deck. Do you want to expand on this game a little bit? Sure, I can talk about it a little bit. I didn't. I didn't watch a lot of this game, but. Turned out to be more of a defensive game than I would have thought for sure. I I predicted pretty high scoring. I thought it was gonna be kind of a little, little shoot up between Kyler and Geno, but yeah, props to Seattle. Kenneth Walker in his first uh, official NFL start looked looked pretty good. Found the end zone and um yeah, Seattle's defense with the with the twelfth man behind him really really you know you know Benjamin. I don't know what he finished with Sam, but official yardage wise, but wasn't as effective. Effective as as thirty seven yards of, yeah, so, off of fifteen carries, so, so not not great yeah. at all yards per carry. And, and Kyler was was uh, I, I can't remember what his numbers were either, but um, uh, equally didn't put up didn't have a single passing touchdown. And and outside of Hollywood Brown, I think with uh, who actually went down with the season and or actually he might return at the end of the year, but um, I guess Rondell Moore kind of had a good game too. But yeah, no, pretty pretty lackluster for the Cardinals offense, which. I mean, getting D Hop back, right? Sure, losing Hollywood's big, but at least losing him and now getting D Hop back this week will, will hopefully get a little spark in them. But again, I'm still pretty much out in the Cardinals. But man, again, um, Seattle three and three, tied with 
uh, Frisco for first the MC MC West, which through six weeks, if we would have thought that, I don't think any, anybody would have predicted that. So I mean, good for Seattle, good for yeah, yeah. good for the story continuing continuing with Geno and, and that team. Yeah, they have certainly overperformed their expectations so far. And this is something I was going to actually touch on during the Panthers section, but I guess I'll bring it up now since, since you brought up the Brown injury. It seems like they've traded for Robbie Anderson to kind of fill the uh, fill the role of Brown. Uh, I, I, I mean, we'll see if he can do that or if he's just going to get kicked off another sideline by like week 13 or something. Who knows? Guy's a head but, case. Yeah, he's a head case. I, 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 I would... I would definitely not yeah. want my team to trade for him. Let's just say that. So he doesn't seem very uh, smart, to, to to put it bluntly. Uh, Tyler, anything to add about the uh, uh, about the Seahawks and Cardinals? Yeah, to, to put it bluntly, Steve Kime is the worst GM in football. He is horrible. Like this team is going to be so far below cap next year, or negative cap. Like, they they already have to pay Hollywood. Um, I believe, uh, uh, oh, shoot, what what's his name? Anderson, Ro- Robbie Anderson's, he's getting paid $20 million a year. What? Uh, yeah, $20 million. <laughs> that's because That's because he played at Temple when Rule was there, and Rule just wanted to play with his buddies. So, uh, so Robbie Anderson is another huge contract to take on. And that was like the big reason why I thought that Robbie Anderson was just going to get cut. But there's only one GM dumb enough to trade for him, and that's Steve Kime. I don't know. I think he might think that he's like going to be a cap wizard, but there is no recovering from like the cap hits that he's about to take this offseason. The Cardinals have a horrible and depleted offensive line, right? Their defense is in shambles, and it's poor player and monetary management from Steve Kime that's really going to send them down the stinker. It, And when they traded for, or when Deshaun Jackson got picked up, it honestly made me think, did the Ravens, like, expect to be able to, like, pick up Robbie Anderson, like, I wonder if any NFL teams like honestly expected to trade for him with the cap hit that he has or the salary that he has. Like I think like most teams were waiting on that and I think like obviously Deshaun Jackson was plan B when Robbie Anderson got traded for. So uh, I'm just in utter awe that somebody traded for him, but of course it's Steve Kime who's just horrible, yeah. horrible, horrible GM. Yeah, both the head coach and GM in Arizona are, are absolutely terrible, yeah. and they're on the first year of their seven-year extension. So I know. You it's it's going to be a Cardinals fans. I'd give them like three or four more years at most. And one one thing, Kenneth Walker looks like an absolute stud. Like, he looked really, really good. Like, athletically, he looks like a beast. Just his jump cuts... His change of direction, just everything was just mm, chef's kiss this weekend. He he looked like the real deal, really really good. Yep. Yeah, the, that's definitely the biggest player to watch. Yeah, I, I'm on that offense at least, uh, but they got a lot of young players who have looked very very promising so far. Uh, and now to move on, we have the Rams versus the Panthers. Wait wait wait, real uh, quick real quick. Sorry sorry oh, sorry. Real okay. quick, I want to ask Decker. Deck, do you really think that it's going to be uh, Steve Carroll's last year with all this young talent? Or P- I think it'd be Pete Carroll. <laughs> or Pete Carroll. Did I, I, I said Steve, Steve Carroll. Steve, Steve, Steve Carroll. Car- yeah. Oh, yeah. My dude, my dude. <laughs> yeah. It's late. Uh, it's long, late, long and day, it's a good – and, and it's it's late, and it's a good question. Okay? No, it is. It you, is. It is. Um, do you honestly think that this is Pete Carroll's last year? Because – Honestly, I don't think so. Like, man, it's definitely I, a thinker because I think being around this young team, I think it's starting to make Pete feel a little, bit, a little bit younger, maybe. And I don't think it was going to be his last season, just to begin with. To be honest with you, 
Well, but I don't know. I mean, Pete's. I mean, Pete's making it work with this team. As fun as it would be to kind of think about like, uh, like a rejuvenate, like a nice young type coach with this team. Pete is. Pete's just got that young man's spirit. That I think is just gelling perfect right now with this team. And well, I mean, he's a top ten coach in the league. Yeah, like so, it's hard and. Whoever they replace him with just won't be Pete Carroll. So, he's, yeah, he's he's doing great, man. I mean, I'm I'm happy he's doing this without like proving he can do it without like. So loss. what do you think? Yes or no? Yes or no? What do you think? I I think he's got another year in him at least. If okay. I think he's, I think he can do one more. I think he could. Yeah, I do think if this team had finished, like. Like the two and fifteen I had predicted, yeah, they were. I think would have been Pete yeah. Carroll's. I yeah, they. Uh, <laughs> I think I was definitely slightly extreme. I just thought that Gino was a bum and that their defense was full of. Hey, we all did. Was was we just a, was just a bunch of bums. Bunch of bums. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so that's why I had thought that. So I definitely think that if the team does well. Pete Carroll's gonna get younger. It's like the fountain of youth. Yeah, for, it really. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm for Pete Carroll. Uh, so now to move on officially, we have the Rams and the Panthers. Uh, this was a game that, I mean, Decker had touched on it. He said that most of the time after a coach firing, teams play a lot better, a lot looser. No, uh, Rams won twenty-four to ten. Uh, I didn't really watch this game at all, uh, so I'm gonna let Tyler talk about it. Tyler, what did you think of this game? Um, we're already like close to an hour, and I take all of the blame for that <laughs> for my multiple rants. But I'll oh, keep it short shoot. and sweet. Yeah, I'll keep it short and sweet for this one. Uh, as bad as the Rams are, the Panthers are just worse. They're the worst team in football. This offense is just absolutely horrendous. No matter who the quarterback is. Um, yeah, probably the worst offensive game like anyone will play this year and has played the past couple of years for the Panthers. So, yeah, that De- that's about it. Nothing special from the Rams. Decker, yeah, um, you know, like like I had mentioned in that previous episode, how you know teams really keep it close and might even pull it out of the first game after their coach gets fired. It was ten to ten that at one point in that game where I thought, hey, maybe the Panthers could actually squeak this one out. Hey. It was zero to zero at one point. Pretty close game. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, it was zero. I, yeah. Zero zero. Oh. But wow. Ah, uh, <laughs> yeah. Rams are not good. Uh, good teams would no. would blow out this Panthers team, and the Rams had it close for longer than they should have until the end. So, Rams, I am officially hitting the panic button. I mean, we hit a couple I mean, like, weeks ago. Even more than we were. I'm, I'm. It's completely like jumping ship. Yeah, it's a palm press on the button rather than a thumb push. Yes, is what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. Okay, that's fair. Moving on, we have Buffalo versus the Chiefs. Uh, was the game of the week? It was still a good game. I didn't get really get a chance to watch it, unfortunately. But uh, so I'll keep my comments brief. Tony Romo knows ball. Man predicted (laughs) the score perfectly. Uh, He's an absolute genius. Like, I think we have to accept it at this point. Tony knows what he's talking about. Yeah. Uh, But would would someone like to to, uh, uh, to expound upon this game? I mean, hey. Tony Romo might not be a Hall of Fame player, but he's a he will he will be a Hall of Fame commentator come come his time when he's when he's done. But um, yeah, Buffalo. Good job of them to pull it out. I mean, like Tony, going back to Tony Romo, like he touched on them getting Von Miller, who he labeled as the closer because of he can just kill drives at the end of games and really put teams to sleep. And that's exactly what he did. Um, I think it was that second to last drive before Patty threw the, or one of those last drives, before the last drive when Patty threw that, that dumb pick when he didn't read uh, Dane Jackson there, or Taron Jackson, whatever. Um, Von Miller just went through two defenders on a double team, cut right through them, and got to Patty to kill that drive. So 
them getting Van Miller was was definitely huge for that defense, and it really showed in this in a critical game, which we will most undoubtedly see again in the playoffs, I'd imagine. And yeah, yeah, and Josh Allen just showed. Um, I mean, he's better than Patty Mahomes right now, um, in my opinion. Just the the stuff he did to uh, get a touchdown on that last drive, that that hurdle, which was a great play, and then mm-hmm. to find Knox uh, in the back of the end zone there to uh, to seal it. That was that was impressive and. All, all those receiving. Gabe Davis had a great game. Diggs had a great game, and, and Dawson Knox to get that touchdown late. You know that that run game. I'm still, you know, a little on edge about. I'd like to go see them get a CMC if they really want to go all truly, truly all in. Um, but otherwise, other than that, Bills are. It's, it's looking good for them. Yep. It's yeah. It's just the just, Bills being the Bills. I mean, just. Yeah, this solidifies Josh Allen as the clear MVP favorite going forward. I agree. Oh, 100%. Uh, Moving on, we have the Eagles versus the Cowboys. Uh, This was a game that I think a lot of us thought, okay, this is where the Eagles finally go down. Cowboys, great defense. It's it's a divisional matchup, but -uh -uh. not yet. (laughs) The Eagles win twenty six to seventeen, take them to six and zero, and Cooper Rush finally loses. Uh, I think an important stat I want to highlight first was that this game at half was twenty to zero. So the Cowboys put up a, a, put up sort of a comeback in a way, wasn't finished, but it, it certainly was uh, closer at the end than most people might think when looking at the score. Uh, Tyler, anything to to expand on with this game? Yeah. Um, if you think or thought that Cooper Rush should be started over Dak Prescott when Dak was healthy, you're an absolute idiot and casual. Sorry. Hate you know him. who you are. <laughs> you know who you are. Um, it, like, yeah, Cooper Rush is going to look good against bad teams. He plays on the Cowboys with phenomenal, like, a, a, a good old line, really good skill positions, and a phenomenal defense. So, it, it, three picks, and not only were they picks, they were horrendous picks. They were balls thrown behind wide receivers. They were balls thrown above wide receivers' heads. It, it just horrible picks, like passes to begin with. And it, it, it's just absolutely, like, when people say, oh, they're just going to play Dak because of the because of the paycheck. Yeah. Why do you think they're fucking paying him, bro? He wins games. Like, ugh. I'm so sick and tired of hearing that. It really bothered me. But also, uh, Jalen Hurts did not have another, did not have a good game either. Um, uh, actually, he, I mean, he did th- throw for two touchdowns. His long was only 22, though. So, uh, took four sacks, but uh, still not completely sold on him, but uh, yeah, the Eagles found a way. Uh, three picks will definitely help. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's for sure. It definitely does help. Uh, just a quick anecdotal story I heard. Back when I was in Arizona on this past weekend, there was, uh, there was a public bathroom full of Cowboys fans. And the Cowboys fans were talking about the game. It just ended. Uh, and, uh, yeah, yeah, the Cowboys fans ask, Hey, what was the score of that game that just happened between the Eagles? And then some guy said, oh, it was 26-17. Yeah, the Cowboys lost. And then there was a fan that said, oh, well, if Dak Prescott played, they would definitely would have won. And, yes, it would have been probably closer and what might have actually happened. But I think we're forgetting how they looked with Dak week one. Don't don't throw the word definitely around. But that's just Cowboys fans for you. That's what I'll have to say about that. Dak, or anything brief? I mean, I will say I do think if Dak was playing in this game, I think they do pull this one out. Just I, do, I agree because th- those Cooper Rush picks ah. gave those Cooper Rush picks gave the Eagles such great field position to be able to actually get down there and put and put points on the board. And I don't think I mean Dak doesn't make those mistakes. So you know, and without the without those picks to give the Eagles great field position, they looked they looked meh. I, I wasn't I wasn't too impressed with the old, with the offense. So. I mean, defense, yeah, looks looks good for for good reasons because they they spent a lot and, and and used it in the draft and through trades and free agency to to improve this defense. But 
I do think if, if Dak did play in this game, I think Cowboys would have pulled it out. I get you. Yeah. I think what rubbed me the wrong way was the way he used the word definitely. I would never say definite, but definitely greater improved chances. Yeah. Uh, and, and now for the last game, we have the Chargers and the Broncos. Thank God the nightmare is over. The primetime games are done. But we live in a false blanket of security that they'll be back week 14. Do not rest easy. However, it's done for a little while. 19 to 16. I mean, so I listened to this on the radio driving back from the from from the airport. I think it was more fun because I got to hear Kevin Harlan doing the call on the radio because this is a good job of doing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Deck, do you have anything? from this game that stood out to you? I'm not impressed with either team. I mean, Broncos, we've been completely out on. Chargers, 4-2. and two. But, I'm, I'm... Brandon Staley will will cost this team with his decision-making. We'll give him some losses as the year goes on. And, I mean, their run defense still isn't good. I mean, I think Melvin got benched in this game. I think I heard it was, and, and then he liked the tweet about him getting traded. But when Latavius Murray was in there, he was running it good. And when you get better offenses than Denver's, the the Chargers will really keep getting exposed. So I'm I'm still out on the Chargers, out on both teams. Not not many thoughts in this game. I just not impressed with their team. Yeah, I get that. Tyler, yeah. anything else? No, both the quarterbacks obviously did not play well and. You know, I I expect more from Justin Herbert, man. Yeah. Like fifty-seven. He's times. just me too. No he's supposed me too. He's supposed to be like, you know, just a top shelf elite quarterback, and just hasn't really played like it this year. So I, hopefully, when Keenan Allen comes back, he starts playing a little bit more into that. But man, we'll have to see. I don't know. I don't know. Is it the rib injury still factoring in? You think? No, he threw the ball fifty-seven times. No, there's yeah. no way. There's no I don't, way. I don't think. I mean, you could make the very loose argument like, "Oh, it hasn't been well rested. He's been playing all these weeks." I don't think so, though. I feel like yeah. I think. Okay, to be fair, I did listen to the game. I didn't watch it. I feel like it would have been more apparent. Yeah, I agree. He was still. Yeah, I I agree. Sam. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm very curious yeah. to know what's going on, though, with him. Yeah. Yeah, and so with that being said, that was our Week 6 game. No, it wasn't. We didn't talk about the Bengals and Saints, but... Um, oh, I... Did, did we not? <laughs> no, but that's okay, because I literally... I don't think I've seen a single clip of this game, to be honest with you. All I know is that Joe Burrow had a really good game. Mark Chase had a huge um, game. Marches, yeah. So honey badger I mean, is bad. Oh yeah, honey badger bad. Can't tackle. So yeah, uh, that's that's all I have to say. I don't know how I missed this game. It's not even written down on my outline. <laughs> but, okay, well, okay, there we go. Yeah. Now that is our week six there reactions. You go. Yeah, I hope you have enjoyed listening. God, it's great to be back with you all, uh, and I hope that you all have a good night, everyone. <laughs>